the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, beginning at verse 28. The greatest commandment. One of the teachers of the law came and heard the Sadducees debating. Noting that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. While Jesus was teaching in the temple courts, he asked, How is it that the teachers of the law say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself, speaking by the Holy Spirit, declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. How then can he be his son? The large crowd listened to him with delight. As he taught, Jesus said, Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and, for a show, make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished most severely. This is the end of the lesson. Thanks be to God. Today we uh, celebrate love. Uh, And in particular as it finds expression in uh, motherhood or indeed in any form of motherly love, the love of a carer or a guardian, And as we think about our mothers today, we recognize, I think, that motherhood is both um, a joy, has joys, it brings joys, but it also brings burdens, Uh, the burden, of course, of authentic love. For the love that we recognize today and we celebrate today is uh, selfless and self-giving. We know that authentic love is always costly. Because it constrains. 
for uh, those who are uh, caring for others in a motherly way. Your time ceases, of course, to be entirely your own. Uh, Indeed, your body ceases to be entirely your own. Um, The child needs to be carried for nine months and birthed. Uh, For those looking after uh, children, uh, they need to be fed, they need to be clothed. And, of course, we open our hearts to another person when we love them. C.S. Lewis uh, very famously said this, To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly broken. Love is costly. But love bears the burden gladly, although not always easily. There is no such thing, of course, as a perfect mother. Uh, But to love truly is not, of course, to love perfectly. Indeed, it may be the case this morning that our own experience of um, our own mothers was far from perfect. We may have had a mother who, for whatever reason, actually found it quite hard to love. But I think that whatever our personal experience, we recognize the ideal of love Uh, that constrains self for the good of another. We recognize that and we celebrate it when we see it, wherever we see it. We recognize, of course, that uh, uh, the love that we uh, think about this morning may find particular expression in motherly love. Uh, It is not unique to mothers and it is expressed in all healthy relationships, relationships of love between uh, the family in general, relationships of love between friends. The question is, why is such love so universally admired and desired? And the answer, I think, is that the giving and receiving of such love lies at the very heart of what it is to be human. And it lies at the very heart of what it is to be human because it lies at the very heart of what it is to be God in whose image we are made. Jesus, one of the theologians of his day, asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important one. In other words, Jesus, uh, God says a huge amount in the Old Testament about who he is, about who we are, about therefore how we are to live uh, before him. Boil it down for me. What is the heart of God's law? For what were we made? What is it to be authentically human and flourishing as a human? Verse 29, we pick it up. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The heart of the Lord, Jesus says, is the rule of love. First, love of God. It is striking, isn't it, that the heart of the law centers not so much on what one does, but on who one loves. Jesus calls us here to a wholehearted devotion to our God. We are to love the God who made us and the God who redeems us with the totality of our being, with our our head, our hearts, and our hands, our body and soul, if you want to use that language. One objection is, of course, that, um, or one thing that sometimes raises, is it because God in himself is needy? that he commands us to love him? Is it something slightly odd about him commanding us to love him? No. It is not for our 
oh, sorry, not for his benefit that he commands our love. It is for our benefit that he commands our love. One writer put it like this, I thought very helpfully. God commands us to love him because in opening our hearts, our souls, our minds to God, we are opening the door to receiving the outpouring of his love into every area of our lives. It's as if we are opening a door to let something out, a love for him, and in so doing we create the means by which everything for our benefit can come flooding in. Neither, of course, is Jesus here sweeping all sort of moral and ethical codes of the Old Testament under the carpet. He's not saying, well, you know, really, it's just all about love. It doesn't matter what you do, just so long as you love. Because, of course, love never works like that. Love always expresses itself in action. One always acts in a way that thinks, one thinks will please the object of our affection. Love and behavior are not two ends of a spectrum. They're two sides of a coin. Elsewhere, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Love doesn't sweep obedience under the carpet. It is the source of Christian obedience. And love, of course, is what makes our actions towards another pleasing to to, to the other, doesn't it? There is a world of difference with my children. There is a world of difference... When my children do a chore or a task or help me in something because they are wanting to earn extra TV time or Xbox time, from when they're doing it because they love me and they see that I need some help and they want to willingly step in and help me as an expression of their love towards me. There is a world of difference between those two things. One happens more often than the other. I won't tell you which way around it is. But it is striking. Such wholehearted devotion to God does not narrow our love, Jesus says here. It actually broadens our love. Wholehearted love for God empowers wholehearted love for neighbor. The second, Jesus says, verse 31, is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The heart of the law is the rule of love. Love towards God, and then love towards neighbor. And friends, the order is not coincidental, I think. I think it is hugely significant. We must first truly love God if we are going to be able to truly love our neighbor. Love for others best flows from, and is best empowered by, and is best patterned on God's love for us, which we receive as we open our hearts to him. Why? Well, because a love for others that is not grounded on our relationship with God can so easily become a distorted love. Why is that? It is because we are created to find our identity and our sense of self and our significance and our security, if you like, our salvation in its broadest possible sense, in God and in his love to us expressed and embraced in Jesus Christ. That is the relationship that brings life. And the Bible says that one of the ways that sin expresses itself is that left to our own devices, we turn away from God, 
for all these things, and we begin to seek them in people and relationships, or indeed in work um, or accomplishments or sort of earthly successes, however you want to define them. We look for those things, for life, for identity, for meaning, for security, for significance, for salvation in its broadest possible sense. And the point is this, if we look for the things that only God can truly provide in people, in our children, in our spouse, in our friends, in our workmates, or in our work, or our accomplishments, or our money, or our whatever it is, we will put on them a burden they were never designed to carry. One writer very helpfully said this, if I am seeking to get my identity from you, I will watch you too closely. I will listen to you too intently. And indeed, I will, in a sense, need you too fundamentally. And therefore, I will easily become overly critical, frustrated, disappointed by you, hopeless, angry. But if I am rooted, you see, in God's love... If I am getting all of my salvation from God, as I'm supposed to, actually that frees me to love you properly. Because, you see, you're you're not crushed by my weaknesses. Because you're not looking to me as your saviour. And I'm not crushed by your weaknesses because actually I'm not looking to you as my saviour. You're free to say, Sometimes the hard things that might need to be said in a relationship, in a friendship, because I'm not enslaved to you. I don't worship you in that sense. I'm free in God's love to love you as I'm called to love you. You're not my source of life. You're not my source of identity. Jesus says, first love and be loved by God. Find your life identity in the worship of him, and then you will be free to truly love your neighbor, to love others, because you won't be looking to them for what only God can provide. Finally, why is love of God and neighbor so central to life with God and life with one another? And the answer is, love is central to life because it is central to the life of God. And Jesus hints at this in this very interesting discussion in verses 35 to 37. It was a big topic of the day, son of David, uh, who is he? Jesus says uh, to the teachers of the law, the theologians, uh, why do people talk about Christ being the son of David? David himself, speaking by the Holy Spirit, declared, and he quotes Psalm 110, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Jesus says, at the moment, the discussion about who this, um, this coming Messiah is going to be, who's going to be in the line of David, that is true, but this discussion about what this Messiah is going to be like is too small. You have too small a view of the coming Messiah. Because this coming son of David, this coming man who's going to be in the line of David, this coming son of David is nevertheless spoken of by King David himself as Lord and actually, Psalm 110, we, we peer into the heavenly realms and we see the Lord God speaking to another Lord, whom David also says is my Lord. And God says to this other Lord, you will sit at my right hand. 
until I make uh, your enemies come before you in obedience and worship. This is striking, striking language. And as many commentators observe, what Jesus is doing here is he's beginning to hint, as he does elsewhere, that the coming Messiah that Israel were longing for and looking for was going to be more than a mere man. Yes, he was going to be a son of David, according to the flesh, but actually he was going to be more than that. He was going to be another Lord with a capital L. He was going to be a son of David and a son of God, divine. He is hinting that in the Godhead there is distinction. We glimpse in these words at something of the Trinitarian nature of God. Israel's God is one. Jesus has just said that, but he is not solitary. Rather, he is an eternally loving community of three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who's also spoken of in these verses. And we are made in his image. And so if, heart, if, if, if love is at the heart of God, then to be made in his image, it is no surprise to find that love is at the heart of what it is to be human. Jesus is the divine image of God made flesh. In his life... And in his death, he shows us what authentic love looks like. It is selfless. It is self-giving. It is serving. It is costly because it constrains. It constrained Jesus, if you like, to flesh. And it constrained his flesh to a cross for the sake of his children. And to be remade in his image as Christians is to be renewed in that kind of love. That is why love for God and love for others is at the heart of God's law of life for us. To love God and others is an expression of the divine image being renewed in us. That is why there's nothing more human than loving others in that way and in the way that we celebrate today on Mother's Day. There's nothing more human because there is nothing more Christ-like in whose image we are being renewed But as I close, I am aware that on a day like uh, this, as we uh, celebrate these wonderful uh, ideals of love laid before us in the scriptures and glimpsed in our uh, uh, relationships with one another, we can nevertheless feel afresh the reality of how often we fall short of patterning this kind of love amongst uh, each other. Uh, I want to say, if you feel like that today... If you feel that sense of, actually, I I, I fall short of this, Um, the gospel says that's good news. That's good news. That's not necessarily a bad place to be. In many ways, it is the perfect place to be if we want to grow as Christians. Because grace and power flow to those who know they need it. And as we receive the forgiveness of God for those ways in which we fall short of loving others as we should, and as we rely afresh on his empowering spirit to continue to renew us in the image of love, as we continue to uh, seek to apply his spirit to those areas of our lives, so God is always pleased to work and to renew and to restore and to grow. So today we celebrate Uh, motherly love and implicitly all glimpses of authentic love and above all we celebrate 
the love of God, who loved us and gave himself up for us, that we might know the life-giving, life-transforming love and forgiveness of God, and filled with it, be empowered to love others similarly. And our prayer then is for God to give us the grace to love him and to love others in the power of Jesus and in the power of his spirit who renews us in his image. Amen.